company that makes award-winning products that you can actually feel. What makes Via Hemp so special is that you can take different parts of the hemp plant to promote different effects. So you don't have to toss and turn. Thinking about business at night, you can sleep. During the day, you can focus. Pain relief, right? Natural pain relief that makes them into a craft products, right? with different wellness benefits throughout the day. So whether you want to try your hemp products by gummy, tropical, uh, tincture, or they have the right products for you, take their Cloud 9 Spectrum gummies. And also, they are legit and legal in all 50 states. These gummies are perfect for providing effects of normal, everyday euphoria my favorite for daytime is flow state cbg gummy because it helps me improve my focus during meetings reading contracts and also for nighttime so i don't toss and turn like i said dreams cbn plus delta gummies delta 8 gummy to help me fall asleep so improve your daily routine with via help company visit V I I A H E as an echo M P as in Papa C as in Charlie O dot com and use bet 15 for 50% off your first order or try them out and see how they work again at V as a victory I as in India I as in India A as in Alpha H as in Hotel E as in Echo M for Mary P for Papa dot com See how you like it. Let me know. All right, get ready. Thank you. And thank us for the ESBC. Uh, it's going to transition into the uh, NFL college football podcast. But right now it is the horse racing true crime podcast. Uh, it was getting you winners or at least money-making specific recommendations for four out of five triple crown races. The Belmont Stakes last year was where I struck out. I took uh, uh, Runburner at 12 to 1, and the poor Medina Spirit is already dead. The reason we started to prank podcast, 
is of what happened to Medina Spirit. Got a heart attack. And as much investigation as I've been doing, it seems like it was spiked with clambunerol. And what they found in the system that Baffert got popped for was a masking agent for clambunerol. So I'm an MBA. So I go through this, right? Who the hell are we? And why the hell do you listen to us? The why I just gave you four out of the five for current races. Return on investment uh, is 1,500%. So if you bet a dollar in every game, NFL game, three years of the podcast, you would now have $1,500. If you bet $100 in every game, you would have $15,000. And if you bet $100 on every game, you have $100. And fifty thousand, right? And if you're like Phil Nicholson, who bets a hundred grand, right, on each one of our bets, you would have one point five million dollars. But how do we get there, right? Uh, I have an MBA, right? Academic. I have securities licenses, right? That legally. I can advise on stocks and whatever investors are gonna buy a business, whatever. And a client net worth $50 million, right? Because that knowledge doesn't mean anything unless I have clients willing to pay me a lot of money so I can live in Southern California. And live in Southern California, married, not divorced, because if you're broke, right? You get divorced, right? Number one cause of divorce is money. Right, so those, those are the whys, right? On top of it, uh, the Greek said that if you suffer, right, pain, the more pain you go through, the wiser you become. <laughs> so as much pain and heartache that I've had in my life, right? Uh, I have a PhD from the School of Hard Knocks in Common Sense. Right, so uh, that's the whys, right? And every single per business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome. You've got the purpose. The purpose is to use business and financial uh, methods and practices. Decision science is used by Fortune 500 companies in order to make money betting on football games, college basketball games, NBA games. And for this uh, podcast, it's going to be the Belmont Stakes. So we have a college class that has it in the syllabus to listen to us. We also have a high school class that's required because it's really academic and we give you the whys and we teach you how to do it. But we give you information today to pay your bills, to pay your rent, to pay gas, to pay for whatever you have to pay for today. So not only do we give you information for the short term, we give you long-term information, we give you the why. We just don't give you a fish so you can eat today. We do give you the fish and on top of giving you the fish, we show you how to fish, we're not selfish. 
So companies that are diverse, I'm on the board of the Orange County Diversity Council. You gotta check the websites to make sure I'm still on there. <laughs> Dennis Kennedy. Uh, companies that are diverse, if people get diversity wrong, there's a little lag now with NBA playoffs and stuff. So when I can't work anymore, I'm gonna write this up. I'm gonna write the diversity. What is diversity in real terms for business? But businesses that do real diversity make 45% more cash flow, free cash flow. And that's what Mark Cuban is doing now with this pharmaceutical company that he owns, free cash flow. He's only gonna sell you the drugs to give him the highest uh, margin in proportion of free cash flow. So if you are another business maxim, if you're the toughest, smartest, person in the room, you are in the wrong room. So for that reason, I got a guy who's a lot tougher than I am, just for the fact that we have nice weather here, <laughs> then up there in Massachusetts, Scott Cove from the Northeast, from Boston, wearing green. Uh, no, it is not a Celtic shirt. Not age diversity because he's an old designer. <laughs> so what's going on, Scott? Not much, not much. Celtics fever grips Boston, so to speak. So, um, you know, we're we're on the playoff NBA playoff profit trail. We're on the horse racing profit trail. Um, people should be listening to us. You know, this is the last Triple Crown, and then it's couple months off till the Breeders' Cup hits. Actually, it's a few months off till the Breeders' Cup hits. So, um, you know, again, remember, you don't have to pick the winning horse. You can make profit on other ways, whether it be a trifecta, whether it be an exacta, whether it be a place or a show like we have done in the past with the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Oaks. Um, and we did last one with um, giving you the Belmont, uh, the Preakness winner, rather. Um, that one we did give a Preakness winner and that hit. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to this, you know, Belmont is the last triple crown race. So horse racing takes in millions of dollars in betting. So, you know, there's, there's always races after the Belmont before the Breeders' Cup that people will bet on. So take that into consideration when you're, when you're doing this and any other future horse bets. Right, and, and, and I didn't take this lightly, right? So I wanted to learn the horse racing industry because uh, it was interesting to me. I always watched the Triple Crown races. I used to ask my uh, father-in-law from Queens, who used to go to Belmont, uh, what he thought about the horses and why, you know, to connect with him. And that's still to this day. We would go to the, the nursing home to come, to come see him. He's ready with his horse racing story. Me and him are saying that, and my wife is like, look, mom, he's talking to Josh more than us. They're, they're talking about horse racing. <laughs> to engage him in conversation. And then, you know, the Saeed came up after the race saying, oh, I'm doing this for you. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? You're doing it because it increases the value of the horse. And then we started researching. So we just don't say anything without thoroughly researching all of it, okay? Yep. Research what's going on. Uh, 
we have uh, someone here, and uh, you got you can let me know if you have any questions, any questions at all. We have insight, insights you can give us. Very happy we got feedback from Jimmy, who's listening to the podcast, who made $29,000. We love seeing that because this is what it's about, right? We live in the richest country uh, in the world that we could do this, right? So uh, we're on a nice wing streak, making good money. We'll get into the Belmont Sticks here. Finish writing my notes. But before we get into the Belmont Stakes, we have the horse racing true crime. We just finished with Linda Rice. So after the Belmont Stakes, the next podcast after that is going to be uh, corruption in the NFL, historically. And then we'll do a little snipping on the corruption going on uh, today in the NFL. And just the finance part of it, because I do have an MBA. So I, I look at the world through that lens, right? Using business and financial concepts, teaching it, teaching it to those two classes that we're not professors of, <laughs> unbeknownst to us, we're teaching class. Uh, real world things, right? The same way that I built my businesses, the restaurant at Pinellas Park that I invested $6,000 and sold it for $800,000. I had fun along the way learning uh, and being humble to billionaires who come in and give you free business advice. So very blessed to do all those things, bring those experiences between Scott and I. We have uh, 110 years of life living in expenses areas to live. And if we didn't know something about something, we would have been dead a long time ago. Okay. Yep. All right. So yep. what I'm going to do before we get into the Belmont Stakes real quick, I'm going to give you seven uh, to, to folks listening on, so you can see some of the insight that we give the horse racing through crime. Uh, my wife's a psychotherapist for 17 years, right? So that's what we learn about uh, true crime. Uh, she has a book called the DSM, which is the Bible of Psychotherapy. And she always talks about somebody with a social personality disorder. So Scott, let me know uh, the people we've done on the podcast, George Navarro, Jason Service, Linda Rice, Zaid, right? Horse Warner, and then the, the princess, the Saudi Arabian princess. Let me know who this sounds like. So this is the criteria. You got to have five to seven of, of these to be diagnosis. Diagnosis. We can't diagnose anyone. We're not psychotherapists. We're just regular guys. But we educate ourselves on people, right? Because you have to know your surroundings or else you might get killed. You know, unfortunately, you got to know your surroundings at the grocery store. How many people have died taking their kids to school and picking up their kids from school. I said, driving by, I swear, once every year, driving by an elementary school randomly, coming back from a business meeting, I've seen parents getting out of the cars fighting. I'm like, what's going on here? Why are they fighting in front of this elementary school? 
right? There's been shots fired and stuff. Anywhere you go, you got to be aware of your surroundings. All right. So at a, the people who are done on the podcast, who does this, remind you, you have to have five of the, of the seven of these to qualify for a social personality disorder. As we also on each podcast, we do mental health first aid kit. All right. First is lack of remorse, frequent lying, lack of empathy, superficial charm, lack of positive emotions, distorted sense of self, right? And constant source of new sensations. Sounds like Bill Belichick. <laughs> yeah, that's who it is, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick. Yes, yes, that's what it is. No, it sounds like George Navarro and Bob Baffert. Absolutely. Even, Absolutely. I think you can even throw Linda Rice, right? The, the, only, the only reason why I won't say it's like a Jason Service is because have you heard anything from him? You really don't know a lot about him. Yeah, so it sounds so bad for it. He, 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 he didn't get charged with this, but he pretty much indicted himself. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. Spike, Spike Torse. Steve Wynn could be on that list, too, oh, to be honest course. with you. Yeah. So, have seven of all seven. We're, we're yeah. not therapists. But yeah. from a sports standpoint, sports betting, sports fan standpoint, they have social personality disorder. If you've listened to... to the whole horse racing true crime so far that we've done, and you go and you lap them on top of the other, you you'll come away with the with the feeling that it's it's all of what uh, Josh just described in terms of uh, you know all of them have that tendency in them. And have so. people in life like this that we have to watch out for. Yep. They have to cancel them or not invite them to Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> you you'll be aware of their behavior at Thanksgiving dinner based on this and you won't be shocked. You won't be triggered. Yeah. And then I'm gonna go to, uh, let me know if you disagree with any of this or if I miss any of this. The top 10 ESBC true crime insights. All right. And if I'm doing it in the wrong order, should I do in reverse order? Well, I don't know if I have it in the wrong order. You can help me put them in order, right? So I'll go reverse order. Uh, number 10, for something to be business, anything that flies out of our mouth here has to be repeatable, profitable, and scalable. Right? Number nine, every meeting has to have a specific purpose and a specific outcome. Right? And remember, the outcome has to be repeatable that you could do it again and scalable in order to be business all right number eight common sense is not so common number seven if you live in the past you die in the past pete carroll rule that's the pete carroll rule for all you people that don't know yeah he did switch on the last game. He had to lose twice. And get yes, he did. And, and forced to talk to the owner before he changed. You do know why, don't you? Because yeah, he probably listened to, to our podcast. To because Schneider has only been the only one talking to the owner. And the owner said, hey, what's going on here? Right? And he said, this guy, talk to Pete. Don't blame it on me. He was trying to pin it on Pete, get Pete fired, but he could hire a new coach. 
And she's being somebody nice. in somebody in Seattle downloaded that podcast. <laughs> At one point in time, he followed us and he listened to the podcast, the beat writer for the Seahawks, Fentress. I'm sure Fentress went to the news conference and said, hey, you've done the same thing twice, coach. You're going to change. I've been listening to the ESPC podcast. They're making me money on these bets. They're making me more money than I'm making being a beat writer for the Seattle Seahawks. Are you going to change, coach? These guys are successful. They're not too far from the truth, Scott. Uh, number five, you, you know, you, this is not a dictatorship. This is America. Everybody has a right to their own opinion. And the way you learn is from other people's opinion. Believe me, uh, I agree with my wife 50% of the time. And I'm uh, throughout 18 years of marriage, I've been 100% wrong in an argument with Anna. She's been right every single time. <laughs> I don't mind someone telling me I'm wrong. It's par for the course. I 100% agree. I've been wrong 100% of the time on arguments with my wife, so. <laughs> that was really, all right. But I, I make all the big decisions because I'm using decision science. That book yes. back there, people can read it. Yeah. It's what's used by Google to make a decision. Hopefully the president and the Pentagon are using this methodology to make decisions. Uh, you gather all the facts, you look at all the variables, you eliminate variables and covariables, you use math, and after you use math, you rigorous, rigorously apply logic to its bitter end. That's the way I make all decisions. Just saw an article on make a decision, and it wasn't as detailed as what I told you in five seconds. Mm -hmm. right. So use academic decision science to make decisions. Number four, the truth is more bizarre and stranger than fiction. And I'll add to that one, always do. Number three, horse racing, true crime. Is it true crime? Uh, best practice maximum. You know if you agree or disagree, Scott. Dig deep graves. You never hear in the news people getting caught for deep graves. You hear about people getting caught with shallow graves. Dig yep. deep graves. Number two, yep. do not go back to the scene of a perfect crime. Do not George go Navarro, back. are you listening? Number one, do not commit two crimes at the same time. Yep. And that's the problem with Goodell. He's, uh, well, they used to say for, I don't know, I don't know anymore. Things have changed, right? I got to do my research, talk to Chad a little bit more, talk to the young people. But growing up, if your friend said that he was going to rob a liquor store, or rob a jewelry store, and you went with him, and you came back and he stole, and he gets caught, and you're back at home for hours, you still would get in trouble because you knew he told you he was going to do and you were there with him when he did it, even though you had nothing to do with it. Accessory to oh, a crime. Exactly. Exactly. Dell's an accessory to a crime right now. He knew that Snyder uh, uh, was stealing from the other owner. Stealing money from the other owner. He knew, he knew about it. Didn't say anything about it. 
the Raiders, the Raiders were stealing taxes from the IRS. He knew about it. That's why he uh, got the tax guy and people had been working for Al Davis who were hired for Al Davis to be fired. Mm-hmm. But he did not report them to the IRS. So he, he's committed. That's just two crimes. When it spills over to crimes we know about, you start thinking about what crimes did Roger Goodell is doing that we don't know about. But that one's going to be the end of the podcast after the Bell Whistle. The research we've been doing using the book Interference that came out basically 30 years ago. So now we're going to go to the Bell State. We're going to break it down. Uh, and our system keeps winning. You always knock off the favorite. So who's the favorite, Scott? So there's three horses that are seven to two, five to two, two to one. That's we the people at two to one. Right. It, it is uh, Rich Strike at seven to two, and it's Mo Donegal at five to two. So you can't you can't bet them to win because your return on investment is going to be pretty much not as uh, not much you'll you'll make a little I'm bit gonna recommend to maybe a, a show we'll give you a preview a teaser for later on yep and we're, uh, we've I'll also put show tickets on some reasons and we also batted around before the before we started is maybe putting an exacta in on a Todd the Todd Pletcher horses because he's a Three Todd Pleasure horses. Yep, trifecta. Or if you feel really, really strongly about Nest and um, Modonical, who are Pletcher, who are the top two Pletcher horses in this race, you might want, you know, you might want to put an exacta together with them and box it. So okay, so for the new people like me, you say, okay, who the hell is uh, Todd Pleasure? And why are these guys? He is one of the most successful trainers in the horse racing business. If I had bought, just bought a horse and I wanted to um, have a trainer train the horse, Todd Pletcher would probably be my choice. He's very good. He's, he's, his track record at the Belmont is very, very good. Okay. He has, out of eight horses, he has three horses in the race. So, to two or three in the race. So, he is a very good trainer when it comes to pointing horses at Triple Crown races. You have not heard Nest in this at all. In this, in this, he has not raced in the Derby or the Preakness. He, she is, she, not he, she is racing the Belmont. That means she, he has pointed this horse to the Belmont. So, that, that's key. And Nest is eight to one right now. So Todd Pletcher, 54 years old, born in Dallas, Texas. He worked for, listen closely, to Henry Moreno at Hollywood Park and Del Mar Park. And Santa Nina. Now, who owns those racetracks? Got to have we gone over them before? Would that be the Stroniches by any chance? Have we gone over them? Mike DeRico, who asked me to serve him a drink at a restaurant that I was eating with, with him paying as much money to be there as he was. 
telling me to go get him a drink. I guess I must look like a worker guy because Maria Sharapova and Kobe Bryant, all those people asked me to get him stuff when they saw me when I was just a shopper like they were. I guess they'd stick out like a sword. Some look like a hardworking guy. All right. Uh, so Todd Fletcher, let's look at a career earnings for Todd Fletcher. Career earnings. The, man, it's not on his Wikipedia page. That has to be uh, the most important thing. Let's see. Career earnings. Now, we know that uh, Linda Rice, the last podcast, is close to a billion dollars in horse sales, buying and selling horses, and over $100 million in horse race winnings right? In yep. lower stakes races. <laughs> That's why she had to win. Uh, she had to win 53% of her races. Exactly. Exactly. So he has 430. So he has, he does that. One money. He has a high, well, she only, she only works out of one track. So in a way he has a lot more than he does at a hundred yep. million because he's at $430 million in winnings. Todd yep. yep, and they're they're also in two jockeys in this race that are above board. He has one of them on Modonico. That's Irad Ortiz, right? And that, and that's where the show bet came in last time with Josh because he had said Ortiz was hot and bet him to show, and he showed. We won. And the other horse, the other jockey is Flavian Pratt, right. who Josh is on as well. So. Those two jockeys Josh is on, and those are the two jockeys I trust more than any other in the in the race. So, so, so I'll add this to the episode notes. You bet the jockeys, not the horses. Yes. Yep. You Trainer jockey combination. So the times you mentioned, and we use that to buy groceries and to pay for gasoline. Yep. Yep. And the, and the unfortunate part of the jockey part. Is that Arad Ortiz is on Modonigal. He's a five to two horse right now. And Flavian Pratt is on We the People, who's a two to one horse right now. So, so it's that, Todd Fletcher, uh, this is where I got it from, right? I saw Todd Fletcher at a Belmont Stakes with three horses in a race. One horse hit, set a pick for the other horse, and that horse won. So, with three horses in the race, you gotta think he's gonna do it again. Uh, remember, California Chrome did not win the Triple Crown because it was a tired horse. Yep. Yep. So we're not, but because of that, we're we're Scott and I are exiting out Barbara Road. Yes. Because he's yep. winning the all three Triple Crown races. Yep. Yep. So he's out. The favorites are out. Rich Strike is out because yep. that was a fluke horse. And I hate to do this, right? But we live in a very, uh, very corrupt world. <laughs> you say it's the truth, right? The economy did a study of 115 countries to find out which countries were corrupt and which countries were on the up and up. They had to change the study because they found that all 115 countries were corrupt. It's just the level of corruption in these countries is different. 
So it had to do the highest level of corruption to the lowest level. And uh, I'll put a link to that in the episode. It's a really good episode notes. They've been working on it for like three years, but they, they changed podcast to podcast. NFL is going to have a different set of episode notes. College is going to have a different set of episode notes with a lot of links and a lot of maxims. The only maxims that I put on there, the only information that I put on there, it's what? It, it's repeatedly made me money and it's scalable, right? There's people who make a, hundred, a million dollars short them. But the difference between the people that make a million dollars sports bet and us is that we share the information. They'll never tell you anything. They never tell you the methods of what's going on. They just live on a hill, Vegas, and they vacation in Cyprus. And if we talk to you, they wouldn't, they'll just ignore you. Or their bodyguards would start pushing you and trying to fight. And keep in mind, Rich Strike had its moment right. in the Kentucky Derby. It's ready to one, had its moment. The owners did not think that the horse was going to win. Right. The owners did not even see that happening. They're going to so, show that video. If you want to just YouTube that video, when Rich Strike won the Kentucky Derby owner. And they show the guy saying, oh, what drink do you want? I got, I got a bourbon and tonic. Do you want a, a whiskey sour? They're like, we won the race. Why? Yep. We won the race. Yep. Sour? No, we won the race. Shut up. The girl's going to bring us the drinks. We won the race. Right. So so to me, that, that screams, this horse is not going to win this race because of that fact. The horse probably already has been sold. Right. After the Belmont. So do not be surprised if in the next month you hear that Rich Strike has been sold for $10 million right. just based on the Kentucky Derby. So there is no reason for that horse to go all out and get injured in this race. So I would see a Rich Strike fourth or fifth place finish as a pos- as a high possibility in this race. Now, so, the, the James Hostler is trying to become a celebrity. The guy, the all-time winner at Jeopardy. Supposedly, he said before he went on Jeopardy, his professional was a professional sports man. Remember, basically, I got a math degree, right? I got a degree in finance, MBA, master's of business administration in finance. Clients with a lot of money. This paid me a lot of money for math. So statistic is really math and logic together. And, and this guy says all he does is return to the mean. That the Astros have lost four in a row. They're in first place. He puts 200000 on them to end that losing streak within the next couple of days. That's return to the mean. He says that's all he does. Myself, I'll put it on there. I've used 10 different strategy depending on the situation there's another one they'll add to the top 10 i'll add it to one of them did i say a lot scott you've heard me say this a lot we have real big example in the news right now situational intelligence we said that in the nfl every week is different every game is different regardless of the records of the team situational intelligence is real intelligence the perfect example. There's babies being shot. 
and the guy's saying, hold on. We got to wait for procedure because the kid's barricaded. And when it's barricaded, you don't rush in. So real intelligence is saying, fuck off. I'm going in there. I'm going to kill that kid before he kills any other. That's what the cartel member did when he went in there. That's not a border agent. Now they're trying to look for his badge number. People are looking for his badge number, looking to see where he's at. Rich people, to give him money. People want to give him a million dollars. They can't find that guy because that yeah. guy works for the cartel and he had a weaponry and he, he told the, the, the sheriff, I pay you. I tell you what to do. I'm going in there. I'm going to kill that kid without body armor. And they first said he had body armor. What he had was a real slick, really cool, body-fitting um, slash body armor uh, Kevlar vest. Well, professor, yeah. So I don't need a vest. I got El Chapo, or the cartel he works with, gave him enough powerful weapon to take the Border Patrol, the Obali cops out, and this. So that guy showed he might not be Einstein. He might not have academic intelligence. He might not have business intelligence, but he had situational intelligence. Yep. Great basketball coaches that. That's why I love. John Calipari. John Calipari has great situational. He sees the situation. He calls timeout. Takes the one guy in, puts the other guy in, and they go on a 20, 20 to 0 run. Yep. Because early in my basketball coaching career, I'm patting myself after watching Calipari a lot. So then Bill Belichick, he understands, right, that he doesn't have situational So he plans for it. He plans, he has a plan for halftime adjustment. He has a yeah. plan for in game. Can't wait to halftime to make an adjustment or to the end of the quarter. He has in series planned adjustment. Yeah. That's why you see him writing stuff down on the sideline in a little piece of notepaper. Exactly. Because he takes that into halftime and he, he makes those adjustments based on what he what he writes down. Well, so. during the next series. After the next yeah. series. In-game adjustments. In-game. Yeah, I had, I had a friend, again, research. I had a friend of mine who played for the New Orleans Saints. And he said that uh, uh, Sam Mills would call a play on defense and then give him signals during the play. He's like, you can't wait the halftime to do a halftime adjustment. Sam Mills is doing adjustments right down the spot. Right? So, smart, smart man. Situational intelligence, but Todd Pletcher is planning for the situational intelligence by what having three horses in a race, and one of them is going to set a pick. So, we talked about this before the podcast. You got Nest at the three hole, we the people, fast horse. There's the other caveat got to do your research, right? That's why it's the maximum of the podcast. Always do your research, Flavian Pratt. Uh, uh, refused, I would say, to get paid a salary for riding this horse. He said that he would not ride the horse unless they gave him a piece of the ownership. So it's like buying a stock. Buy low, right? Sell high. So he bought a piece of the horse so when the horse wins this race, he gets paid more money. Or at least finishes in the top three. Yep. He's going to make money on in his investment. And, and that's what he's thinking about, too. He's like, oh, 
I get so much money for winning. I probably get more money on the value of this horse by finishing in the top three. Yep. Right. So yep. that, if you're going to bet that, that's what you got to look at. And that's why I have them for sure on show horse. So this is the question, Scott. Who's going to pick who, right? So you got We the People on the one, Nest the Philly. Now, Scott, uh, Todd Pletcher's um, nemesis, Linda Rice. You hear all about her in the last podcast. And mm -hmm. about, I told somebody who wanted to listen to it on the right, start listening to it at the 3126 point because we took a half hour to go through the first po podcast. It's each built up on the, on the previous podcast and everything intertwines to each other in a narrative. So we went full podcast, but narrative, story. We did a big reveal. We solved, in our heads, a murder. We think we know who murdered. Yep. <coughs> Barry, Henry Sherman. So nest in the three hole, we the people in the one hole. Then you got Mo Donegal in the six hole. And I ran Ortiz. Do we right. think, uh, you would think Ness takes out restraint and maybe gives a path to create a minister. Well, it's supposed to give a path to Modonigal, but uh, create a minister might sneak in there. So my my feeling is there's two horses that are like right in the middle that could jet out to the lead, and that's Nest and Creative Minister. Because I heard that Skippy Longstocking, the two horse was basically a gnat in the preakness to the horse directly next to them to the left, which is we the people. Right. So if Skippy Longstocking becomes the, the, the gnat to we the people, Nest will have a clear trip out to the front of the pack. Top Which, yes. $400 Rich, million in winnings. Yep. Rich Strike may try to pick off creative minister or may just kind of glide to the back like he did in the Kentucky Derby Passages. and could be rich strike. It could be creative minister and Mo Donical that kind of wash each other out. I don't think that's going to happen, but it could very well happen. They could run the same races they did in the Derby, which was rich strike was way in the back last place. And all of a sudden, the seas potted down the stretch, and Rich Strike just shot right through that the parting, and ended up winning the race. Could happen again. I'm thinking that that that's might be what happened again. Same jockey. Pleasure winning 400 million, right? It's gonna yeah. plan. Nobody planned for Rich Strike last time. So now nobody did. 400 million is playing for it. When what you just described. That gives Modon, what you just described at five to two, gives Modon, that's why it is five to two, uh, a straight run down the, down the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I, I, my feeling, my personal feeling is Nest and Creative Minister are going to have clear trips at the beginning of this race. And if they get away from the pack, there isn't anybody that's going to be able to, to pick them off or stop them. Nest is so, Necessary to one. So here and it my, could be let me know your it opinion. could be you're, you're, you're yeah, it could, 
Yeah, it could be Ness and Mo Donegal that go to the front and creative minister. Those three horses could, could go to the front and have a nice happen because they have to one horse, four horses to sacrifice. Are you sacrificing the two to one horse with the people? Nest at eight to one or Modonigo at five to two. Modonigo finished fifth in the Kentucky Derby. Yep. So I, I think the I think the horse that's gonna be sacrificed is we the people. Right. I think. Right. Because I think what's gonna happen he is he's gonna front. get yeah, you think he gets up in front. He is the only speed horse in this race. But I think if Skippy Longstocking breaks quickly and cuts him off at the rail, I think we the people is going to be in, in trouble to, to get a piece in this race. So that two horse is really important to we the people and Nest. Right. Those two horses next to on either side of, of Skippy. My feeling is, is Nest being the Philly will have the clearer trip than we the people. That's what I think. I, I just think that Skippy's going to go to We the People as the favorite and try to cut that favorite off when Nest will just sneak into the into the open space because I don't think Rich Strike can get to Nest. I think Nest will get out ahead of Rich Strike and Rich Strike will just drop back like he did in the Derby and be in last place because the race is a little bit longer than the, the Derby, this Belmont race. Right. And I, I don't think Rich Strike's going to have the closing speed because he's not – coming out of nowhere anymore. Everybody knows about him. So I don't think he's going to have the path he had in the Kentucky Derby to win this race. So, so I'm looking at you. I'm looking at Coffee Joseph Jr., number two from Slippy Longstock, 20 yep. to one. So we already had a long shot win. So yes. long shots usually don't win uh, the Triple Crown races. He has, not bad, but he's not top Fletcher level, right? Top nope. Fletcher has 430 million. Three horses in this race. Uh, Safi Joseph Jr. has 26 million. Not bad. He's in his Triple Crown race. That's why. But he's not on the level of uh, Todd Fletcher. As far as making Right. And don't forget, in the Derby and the Preakness, the favorite is not one. Right. So when you, look at, when you look at those horses, I, I would look at them with a with the, with the reserved eye. And say I, I don't know if I want to bet them. I, I personally think Nest at eight to one could be the, the horse that wins this race. It, it's very possible. All right, so because I'm putting, yeah, I'm putting a hundred bucks on Nest eight to one. Yep. Creative Minister's another horse that I'm I'm gonna put some money on too. I, I think you don't put a hundred bucks on Creative Minister and Modonigo. I mean, Mo Donegal is not the best horse in the race. It's probably the second or third, but it's a Pletcher horse. And yeah, I know, the way, yeah, the way I know he's thing off of it is that I think Pletcher going to use it to try to pick someone, <laughs> which might be the minister, which I'll be pissed. Or maybe he's trying to uh, pick off uh, Rich Strike to get right. Him. And and my other feeling in this race is if Pletcher's horses get to the front, they're they're so well trained. And they're so good that they may not give up the lead, the first two. And Pletcher may finish one, two in this race. Highly possible. Highly possible. Goes, yeah, so 100 bucks in those two horses, right? So yep. 100 bucks. And I'm going to put a yes, eight to one. That's what I'm doing. And then yep. I'm putting 100 bucks. Well, Nesta, like, 
a lot. It's almost like my yeah. mind is saying, okay, you did nest. You don't need to do anymore, but I'm going to defy that. And I'm going to put 50 bucks on creative minister at six to one. And to your last point, I'm going to put an exacta yeah. on nest. We, the people. to Todd Fletcher horses and create a minister, which is not a Todd Fletcher horse. So I'm gonna do a try, you know, uh, a trifecta, right? Trifecta, yep. Those in order, but then I'm gonna put show tickets on and create a uh, <laughs> minister, nest, and we the people. And the one yeah, I think I'm going to leave out is Mo Donegal because he's a tired horse coming off the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, he's, he's raced. I think he's raced in all three. He's raced that's why. Yep, yeah, that's why Bob Road is 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 going to just I think miss out on the board because yeah. of the fact. About and Bob Road's been very consistent. Finishes third usually, gets in the money somehow, some way. But because he's raced all three of these races. I think he's going to run into the tiredness down the stretch in this race. This this track is bigger. Is this is the longest race these horses are going to ever face? I think. Right. So. Yeah, I, I so, think it's going to be overmatched by Mondragon. Yeah. End up in front of them. Creative minister. We're looking really at creative minister. Is Mondragon doesn't pick him off and goes for rich strike. He can only pick up maybe two horses. Maybe he can do two horses. But one for sure, right? So I think you have to go after Rich Strike because of the speed at the end. And then Creative Minister gets through with a clean ride. O'Donagall sacrificed. Rich Strike's out. Boom, there goes Nest, and there goes uh, We the People. Nest is in the perfect position in this race oh, because, because Skippy is going to take out the one right. or is going to try to. Rich Strike may just glide to the back, right? Which leaves the three horse, whoever it was be, and this time it's Nest, in a perfect position to have a free and clean ride to the front and a glide to the front, right? And and that horse does not have to speed to get there. That horse does not have to overrun to get there. That horse can just glide right to the front and basically pace it because what's going to happen between the opening quarter couple of furlongs and the end is those horses just glide because the race is so long so they're going to glide and nest is going to glide and they're going to have the lead and i think nest is going to be in a perfect position to keep that lead throughout i just i just like the position the three horses in right now and that's nest so at, and at eight to one you can get some nice nice cash back if you if you put a, a hundred or even 50 down on it so That'd be my pick. I think I'm I'm gonna do nest creative minister, and just box them in a in the exacta, and then I'm gonna do a uh, I'm gonna do a trifecta with with two of Pletcher's horses in there. So I think that's what I'm gonna do. But nest is gonna be my my win play show bet for the race. Yeah, yeah. So the, yeah, the two courses I have to win are creative minister at six to one. Yep. yep. <laughs> you know that. You tell me. Do I make money doing this? I put a hundred bucks and create a minister, hundred bucks on nest. Yep. Uh, 
I put a hundred bucks throw. ticket on Nest. Yeah. Uh, I might throw like a twenty spot on Mo Donegal. Uh, we the see. people. Yep. We the people show tickets. And I'm going to leave. Uh, I, I decided game time decision. I decided to leave Mo Donegal out because of the tired factor and the fact that Todd Plancher has done. They they say it's legal, right? What they call team racing. So yeah. he's already won a Belmont doing team racing. Gotta, hey, never make an assumption, right? Makes a uh, a uh, fool out of you and me. So you have to say that it's a high probability since he's picked horses off in the Belmont before. He's done team racing in the Belmont before. And he has this grudge against Linda Rice for cheating him. And out mafia. <laughs> yeah, out mafia somebody. But Linda Wright clearly is out mafia at uh, top pleasure. And he's not yep. too happy about it. So he wants to make a point and win this race every year. So and he's, here's the other thing. He's gonna try here's the other thing just popped up to me. Right. Which of the Pletcher horses, if they win, will make him the most money? Nest. Because Nest is a Philly. Exactly. Going against the guys. Going yeah. against the boys. That's one of our maxims, yeah. right? Increase the value yep. of the horse. Yeah. So that that makes me feel even more strongly toward Nest winning this race because because of that fact. But, you know. So I would put I would put I'm gonna put a hundred on Nest, and then I'm gonna spread fifties to uh, like you said, creative minister, because he could win it as well. Right. Um, we the people with Flavian Pratt and the new ownership. Uh, Situation Scott, he did. Yeah. Pratt kind of put me that into because you know, let's see, Flavian Pratt put this in the notes here. Flavian Pratt has made $23 million as a jockey. <clears throat> so now I know somebody got in his ear, right? Somebody in my profession got in his ear and said, Hey, you make more money owning a percentage of the horse than just taking the cash. Right? Yep. I talked to you about a client like that last week. He doesn't want anything to do with payouts or cash. He doesn't carry cash. Nothing. It's all like Elon Musk. Elon Musk doesn't have any cash. He takes out loans on the company. So he has a credit card, debit card with a billion dollars on it. <laughs> so he can buy anything he wants with that card. And it's a loan to avoid paying taxes, even though he paid taxes, he wasn't doing that. But we talk about that with NFL owners. Uh, Bill Walton from Walmart is worth $45 billion. So he just took out a loan for $4 billion, or probably he took out a loan for $5 billion to Four billion point six five, and wrote a check for the Denver Broncos. And he told his wife, "Hey, honey, we're just gonna have to live on three hundred fifty million dollars this year. You just make it work." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Listen, I I totally agree. Not and the one thing, billion dollars, he's not paying any taxes. That's that's the key there. Right, and I, and I'll tell you what, Ness bet him now, bet oh bet her now, yeah, because he's 
she's going down to five to one or four to one. So as we say, as we say, people listen to her from. Yeah, Nesta's gonna get some some uh, steam here. You know, there's there's two days to the to the Belmont. Nesta's gonna get some steam from betters to bet them better. So Somebody who just listened to the podcast is probably gonna bet a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean I like Nest. I might even do an uh, exacto with three five, which is creative minister and Nest. The box. Yeah. yeah, I don't so know that, what that I'm means. doing, so I, I, I'm conservative, right? So basically what I did with conservative was go horses, and at the end of the day, I want to make my money back and have a profit. All right, perfect. Yep. Final thought, Scott. This is – this horse racing uh, betting in the horse racing podcast has been phenomenal. I hope people listen to it. I hope people have, you know, a lot more people have made some money off of this. Um, you know, getting feedback is, is always a great thing that we're doing something to help, help everybody win. So enjoy the Belmont, you know, make, make some, some good decisions on your bets um, and take home some wins because as Josh has said in the past, recession is coming, you know, look at gas prices, look at, look at all this other stuff. It's going up and up and up and, nowhere in sight to be coming down so but enjoy enjoy the race hope you hope everybody wins i hope the bets come in cash your tickets so very much so uh gonna make sure i'm hit on, on work and then it's usually the day before triple crown basis is also big the day before the kentucky derby we give you whatever that desert horse that, that was a bob baffert horse 45 to 1. Uh, we won that one 45 to 1. So that was a lot of fun. So, yeah, that was. Races at Belmont tomorrow. Do a little sneak peek preview since there's no NBA. If clients yep. used to go and talk to me on Fridays, you know, on Twitter, your profiles are currency. Put those on there. But we always close with Winston Churchill, which is always coming back, right? They say Zelensky is the Churchill of our times. And he said, what's the Churchill said? It is so true in so many ways. It, it just happened to me the other day. Somebody that I had given something, I got an unexpected return that was a lot more than I ever would have thought. Uh, and it's the fact that when you give one, you get 10 back. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the EFBC Podcast Network. What do you think? Excellent. Excellent. I'm trying to work out because I'm here on the West Coast and live so much in the South. I'm trying to work on my cadence, get it faster. Get it to the Keaton's when I was in New York or uh, Boston. It was fast. <laughs> All right, let me get some. I don't want to get some. Mad Dog and the Mad Dog when Mad Dog was with Francella. Yeah. You know, it's a podcast. I'm supposed to take it easy, slow, be thorough. This is, this is probably. 
you know, the notes help. This is thorough as you can get. No doubt, because who knows if Flavian Pratt now is part owner or quarter owner of We the People? Who knows that? Who knew that Todd Pletcher and Linda Rice were each other's throats? Who knows that? Nobody knew that stuff. So, but uh, you know, it's good. You know, it's phenomenal. In a short period of time, to give all that information was great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm totally happy with it. So yeah, no, all right. Yeah, it's like the NFL podcast, right? Where you don't yep. plan for the final exams, you do stuff a little bit at a time. Yeah, the, with the NFL podcast, it's 16 games to go through. So, of course, it's two or three hours long because of all the games to go through, the explanations and stuff. So, um, you know, people get a lot out of that too, but people get a lot out of people this. People listen to the whole podcast. The longer the yeah. podcast, the more listeners. It's Agreed. Thousand percent. When I look at, I look at the numbers. Yep. No. Absolutely. And it's great. It's great. I'm, I'm glad people are winning and getting a lot of information off that stuff because it's it's a good feeling knowing that people are, you know, are indebted or give us gratitude, i.e. Jason, i.e. the guy that won the I, horse race. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. You know, I'm starting I, to make phone calls. I'll do that, too. I'll uh, look at some stuff I have to do, and then I'm going to keep making phone calls, try to keep getting sponsors so we can get money now. Okay. Yeah, and I'll I'll have some stuff on the horse racing association up here. Oh yeah, for, yeah. For next, for next uh, one. So. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear that because that'll be good. That'll tie in. It'll be like a good segue into the NFL stuff I sent you, and I'll send you some more stuff. Uh, okay. A little bit of that book. Uh, me on another book that's out there, and I'll send you that. I uh, you, you can read the PDF, okay? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everything you send, I'm I'm able to read fine. So. There's okay, no so problem. I'll send you like excerpts from the book. Okay. Because the next part I'm going to look at, uh, because you know it almost seems like a conspiracy theory about refs. So there's specific examples of refs fixing games that we can say, okay, this is evidence, yep. corroborated that it's happened before. We're Absolutely, it's happened. Before. And we're not saying it happened. We just say it looked like it happened based on what we saw. Right, right, right. Unless you have proof, you can't you can't say it. But you can you can give it all up to. Okay, he was shady because of this. You know, or the Cincinnati crew in the playoff game against the Raiders, where everybody knew that because it was the pandemic, everybody was at home, everybody watched that. It, that crew, they were like that crew was banned from the playoffs afterwards because people could clearly see what was going on. Yeah. All right. Well, have a good one. Thank you, Scott. All right, Josh. Take care.